Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Gamerpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bradford Carlton. Today, I have a very special guest with us. I have Michael Alexander Roderick. Hey, how's it going, Mike? How you doing, Dr. Bradford? Dr. Carlton. That's all good. You can call me Brad. <laughs> Brad, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I've been looking forward to this for a month now, actually. I know. It's been a while. <laughs> well, I'm stupid. So I, because I know I'm stupid, I scheduled this for like 20 days so I wouldn't forget it, would have time to like not just wing this as I go because I'm only half winging this. Okay. Well, we'll see how it goes then. So Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself to start? Perfect. Um, I am the CEO and co-founder of Mission Strike Entertainment. Uh, my partner, Casey, she's sitting over here playing producer. You can't quite see her on the camera. She is the co-founder with me. Uh, it was about early 2019 when I was homeless that I decided for after the fourth time of being homeless that I wanted to finally do something for myself. And um, after everything I've done in my lifetime from military to working in the entertainment sector, I had been a bartender for a month. And I'm, I'm, nope, sorry, that was Alexa. Uh, I had, I've been doing all that stuff and I just for years I had done everything from private security, military, um, small arms marksmanship, missile launcher technician, and eventually just working in the entertainment se sector in different ways, I finally sat down with myself, excuse me, and just thought, I'm a terrible employee. I will never be a good employee, and I've tried it many times. So I want to take my skill sets and do something that I enjoyed every day, even when it was really, really hard to enjoy it. And so I just thought about it, and the idea shaped and came to mind as I realized that for the past eight years I got all my entertainment from two places and that is video games and YouTube if I wanted to watch something just sit down and watch something it was more than likely on YouTube or it was a streaming video or a movie that I want to really see but most of my like content the things I like to do and consume came from YouTube and I realized that people have been content creators for the past near a decade now and a lot of the greats figure out on their own and there's a whole second generation that took their their formula and then made it bigger and better and made it their own thing there's a third generation uh an actual gener gen z where millennials you and i are no longer the young youngest generation out there we're not we're the second youngest generation and um they're becoming adults they're turning 18 19 they they've been thinking about this stuff already for a decade uh, one of my podcast clients, her son is six and he wants to be a streamer. And so he's putting videos out there like poorly, but now is his time to like make just random junk and figure it out for himself. And that made me think that there's nobody out there who's really teaching it, uh, helping with it. Where does it come off as like a scam or an MLM or something weird like that without any real credit to back it up? That's more my opinion. I'm, there's probably some nuance where I'm incorrect on that. But I took my skill sets as a manager in different things and as, as an advice consultant, different things. I put in something really well. And when I saw you were doing something similar, I like ran around my office to find Casey and show you to her. It's like, I'm going to talk to this guy. That's why we're here. Wonderful. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm glad Casey approved. <laughs> okay, so that's a lot to unpack right there. Uh, before we do, I'm going to ask you the same question I ask everybody else on my podcast. So on a scale of one to 10, 10 being high, how weird are you, Mike? 
a good question. <laughs> um, oh my God. I can tell. Casey. Oh, you want my opinion on I, this? Let's go, let's go seven and a half. Um, I am weird in the fact that I have accepted who and what I am, but I'm also weird in the fact that I like, I try, I like to be a business professional too, which is where I'm wearing a cheap suit that I got for free, uh, which is already weird unto itself. So let's say seven and a half. Okay. Works for me. That's pretty normal, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) It's normal now. Weird is the new normal. That's right. Okay. So this is the gamerpreneur. So I'm going to need your gaming cred. When, When did you first start playing video games? I was... Brad, I was five years old. I was four and a half when I first saw my first video game. It was at my babysitter's house in Martinez, California. I remember this explicitly. Of all the stupid stuff I've done in my lifetime, this is something I remember. Four and a half years old, walking to her house. Mom brings me in. He's playing Super Mario Brothers on the Super Nintendo. And I stood there and stared at it. And it was him. He was probably like 15, 16, maybe like 18, 19. Young adult, definitely. And he's playing this. And they're like, five kids surrounding him and I run up to the screen like what is this and I know I annoyed him right away that was my first saw video games back in 1995 one year later I get my first Sony PlayStation for Christmas the first game I ever played was Resident Evil (laughs) five years old I don't know how to play Resident Evil I die at the first zombie like 12 times I had to read the walkthrough to figure out that you're supposed to push one button to aim and one button to fire and every time I went to zombie I freaked out <laughs> I love that it. My, that Did you ever get past him? <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you ever get past the zombie? I beat him when I was like 23. Next time I finally played it. Um, so that that was the start. Uh, that was definitely like that was the epiphany that video games existed, and they've been in my life ever since, to some degree. Absolutely. Okay. So you are currently involved in the gaming space. It's kind of like a manager, right? Do you yourself Correct. still play video games? Oh, I play lots of video games. I don't stream. Now, I do stream sometimes, but I more play of a comic relief character for my flagship streamer and our other partner. Uh, she's Her name is Alexis. She plays Commander Angel Paws on her own streaming channel. She's well over 1,000 followers with primarily most of them on Facebook through Facebook Gaming. And she plays a robot wolf. Okay. So instead of her actual face on it, it's like she's a cartoon character based off of the character Alf from that like 70s, 80s cartoon. Mm-hmm. And she just plays a stoic, sardonic robot wolf that plays video games. Okay, well, what are you playing at the moment? Grand Theft Auto Online, my best friend in the whole wide world, uh, former Marine who's had my back when I had nothing, uh, wanted to play Grand Theft Auto Online for the first time. So he and I have been playing that. Okay, fantastic. Um, Desert Island Scenario. If I put you on the middle of the ocean with a power cable, an ethernet cable, and one game, what game is it? It's got to be something that I can spend the most time doing stuff. No online access? I'm giving you an ethernet cable. It's coming right out of the sand. I'm stupid. Um, Let's say Star Wars The Old Republic, because I love Star Wars. And because MMOs are designed to waste your time and perpetually spin you in a cycle of doing stuff, and there's always something to do. So if I needed to absorb myself in the world until the day I die, it would be a franchise I love and the game that's designed to continue to be a game until you get sick of it. Okay, fantastic. Now, what is your favorite game of all time? 
Resident Evil. Two? Three. Three. The first one. Now, I played the new one. I loved it. But the third one holds a special place in my heart because I really did enjoy the action, the action behind it. See, I never actually played it myself. I, I got to watch it on YouTube. And I'm sitting there like, this doesn't look scary at all. <laughs> it's not the new one, you mean? No, the original. The new uh, one is horrifying. By the time, so one was really scary. Two was really scary, but had like more colors. It was more colorful, bigger scene, more stuff to do, bigger bad guys. And three was more like, you've been here twice. You're now playing as one of the most badass characters in the game so far. And she's out for revenge to kill her nemesis. So it's when the franchise started to shift more towards action than just survival horror. But I've always been in the mindset that I don't like to be scared for the sake of scared. So if I'm going to be facing off against these horrors, I want a fighting chance. That's why survival horror is a lot better for me than, say, horror. Where, like, horror is the idea of being helpless and scared. Okay. I love it. All right, so now let's get to the preneur part. What uh, what exactly is your business background? What led you to here? I know you kind of gave us your, your life story, but what like what kinds of positions have you had that make you uh, adequate? And, uh, not adequate, but um, um, I spent so when I was eighteen, listening to the military. Thank you for your service. Thank you. I'm trying to say that this whole time. I just got the chance. <laughs> I appreciate that. I um, I have a hard. We have a hard time accepting that. I always say some glib afterward, but. Thank you. Um, and the military spends, puts a lot of effort into his leadership training, for better or for worse. It doesn't always translate well, but majority of military personnel will get a chance to lead. And there are a lot of good resources that help build leaders. Leaders are not born, they're made, they're forged. And I spent a couple years in there. Like I told you off the camera, I'll tell you publicly. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> so after, it turns out I wasn't the best sailor but i was a good technician so i eventually got in the military and i got into private security which is where i got a lot of my um my experience in business and the private and the civilian and private sector in general um and i did that because it was the closest thing to my previous job but i still had no direction i was just kind of floating around and it wasn't until i first started working at arcade and managing the arcade that i really started to shape what i enjoyed doing and providing because in the entertainment industry, I fully believe that being an entertainment provider is kind of like being a drug dealer. You can't get high off your own supply. <laughs> okay. Can you explain that a little more? Um, I, so I worked at the arcade and the game store. Uh, I would teach classes on how to build Warhammer miniatures. I would build communities. I would, incur I would put together D&D communities so our customers can play D&D. And we also had a kitchen. So if I wasn't building these communities on the internet, setting up these communities, events, stuff like that, or in the kitchen cooking food for the customers, I was behind the register. I never, and when I wasn't working, I was sleeping. I rarely picked up the thing that I would spend so much time working on for other people. And I like that. And I find that satisfying. And I believe when it comes to business ethics, it's hard. There's kind of a trade-off and a sacrifice. So um, I just really didn't play a lot of video games or, or play a lot of tabletop games or play Dungeons and Dragons when I was building them for other people. And I was okay with that. And th that, that experience, and then I worked for a time um, for escape rooms. If you know what escape room is? Yep. Perfect. I worked for them. And then I work in the bar scene too as a part-time job where I managed the bar I've been working at for the past year. 
Uh, I've spent the past five, six years in the entertainment industry, and I really enjoy doing it, but I don't consider myself an artist. Okay. But more importantly, I don't aspire to be one. So I okay. found that taking my leadership management experience, taking my love and passion for entertainment, and combining them means that I found a way to take the experience and my one big greatest skill set, which is my brain and my mouth working together, and helping people who do want to create, create. Because there are parts of like being a streamer that are very business oriented. There are, there's, there's things that I don't fully understand that you know more about being the legal system. Because one of your podcasters was talking about how the laws in esports are so new that there are still people out there writing the laws for them, right? That's right. Yeah. So like, all, it's still the wild west of this new genre of entertainment that's more controlled by the people involved in it than just the company that creates it and the consumer. The consumer is very much closer to the creator than ever before. Okay, so what what exactly is your role and what kind of business stuff do you do for your clients? Uh, anything from advice consulting to full-on social media, public create, PR management, um, everything they would need. <clears throat> depending on what they want, anything from a little bit of advice to full on helping them with every tool, aspect, management, scheduling, almost like being a Hollywood agent for a Hollywood actor, for an online content creator. And they have more control over what we provide than ever before. I believe a lot of them had, a lot of these contracts are basically, they became a puppet for the company where we want to be the servants for the client. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Service through leadership through service. All right. Now, how are you doing this? I can't imagine there's that many hours in the day for you to handle all your clients' needs. No, no. Um, that's why, it's, I mean, we, we're at right now maybe six total between two people. First start out is I don't, I don't, we have a probationary period to start. First six months, it's, trade for trade service. They don't pay in, they don't buy in. They give us our time, we give us our, we, we give them their time, sorry. They give us their time, we give them our time. So a client, uh, for instance, we might have a client in, in the adult industry. Uh, she would help managing her, her different accounts on our different uh, adult service channels and she might help moderate one of our streamers and vice versa. And in exchange, we would help moderate her, her live services, uh, any fans who misbehave, female content creators deal with some very unique problems. And so we provide that necessary buffer for them as one example. Does that make sense? It does, yes. Thank you. And then they have a six-month period to decide as we allow them to build that relationship with us. Do they want to spend the next five, six, seven years working with us just in general? Um, you have to have a good working relationship. You have to be able to be friends while maintaining or be friendly and have a relationship that's productive and healthy while maintaining certain lines to have a long-term relationship. Otherwise things fall apart. They just do. So we give them a, we give all of us a six month period for an easy in and easy out. If they don't want to be part of it, for instance, uh, actually maybe 15, 17 days ago, we lost a client. She just didn't, she wanted to be independent. Uh, there was no other reason. She just, she thanked us for our time. She searched, she said she learned so far, so much from us, but she wanted to do it all by herself. 
and there was no contract at the time. So we separated and that was it. That's the period for them to decide if they want us to help or if they just don't want to be part of it. Okay. Uh, could that bite you in the butt? Uh, I think it can, as far as I'm concerned. It's, it's always a risk. But if they take as much of a risk as we take as much of a risk. Okay. Um, how do you make money then? After that six-month period, we move in the contract phase. If they decide they want to stay with us, we then start helping them build the ways they can make income. Uh, merchandise, product placement, sponsorship, advertising, we get 5%. If we make nothing, if they make nothing that month, that's our fault and we make nothing too. Okay. okay. The idea is as we start, one client brings in 5%, say they make this they make this much amount, another client makes this much amount, that combined money will allow us to grow our, our staff base and our client base. Okay, fantastic. Now, where do you see this going? Where are you gonna be at in five years? That's a good question. Um, one of my biggest weaknesses is that I believe too much that the pl uh, any plan will never survive first contact. So I can't say for certain. What I can say is I don't want to just stop with missing strike. Uh, personally, I want to get into property investment, property ownership, just because uh, I had a previous mentor who was in business consultant. That's kind of why I'm doing this is I'm trying to. I'm trying to explore this this industry as being a business consulting and putting it into a sphere that I really love doing. Um, I would love to see this organization grow because personally someday I want to hand it all off to Casey who's been doing it all herself pretty much so I can then grow another business myself and find more partners just kind of branch out that way. Okay. Fantastic. So as you're growing this one, this agency, what resources are you using in order to learn these skills? Cause you're not a streamer. So you had to kind of, you have to learn kind of what the streamers need to know in order for, in order to help them. Right. Uh, research, plenty of research on those platforms themselves. I spend hours listening to YouTube videos, hours listening to streamers, in the background Casey has been working on building her own network through Twitch. So she's pretty much become the head of our Twitch department, if you will. All of my knowledge on Twitch comes through Casey, because Casey spent hours building research, working with other Twitch streamers. Um, God, the best thing I could ever say is uh, Gary Vaynerchuk has something that he told somebody once on a live on a podcast on his podcast, which was Google's your mom and YouTube's your dad. Everything I learn is just through online research. Research. I'm not. I, I'm really just comping an idea that's tried and true and putting it into the industry. There's someone else who's out there doing it. They've probably done it a bajillion times better than I can and will. And I'm okay with that. Okay. Uh, what I do know is that I really, really love this stuff. And I enjoy the chase more than just the financial game. I believe that money is a resource, not a god. When you treat it like it's a god, it controls you. When you treat it like it's a resource, it's something you're going to get, you're going to use, and then you're going to get it again. Okay. So I am right there with you, 100%. Now, you're, you were saying you're, you're learning, you're, you're developing yourself. What makes you unique? How, how are you different from all the other people out there doing what you do? Another good question. I don't believe I am. I don't. Oh, it's, it's, um, well, I believe that I do my best to look at things differently. When I see a mass perspective uh, or I see, oh, okay, here's an example. 
a lot of young female streamers get a lot of flack if they look or dress a certain way on their stream. Now, there are some young women who directly exploit their looks. That's okay. There are some who just have a natural look and charm. That's also okay. The bottom line is I, I see a lot of people who, like, who might get upset by this, might think they're stealing their stream or streaming their clients. Uh, I will say I, every time I see a mass problem or a mass viewpoint, I try and look at it from a different perspective because I believe that there is always a solution to a problem. And the answer usually lies in turning around and looking where nobody else is looking. Okay. What does that mean? I try to look at things differently than, than where I see a lot of people might presume. Does that make more sense? Okay. You, uh, you look outside the box. Yes. That's, yes. I also try and avoid buzzwords, apparently. <laughs> that's all good. That was a better way to put that. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, it's okay. I overthink. I overthink. That's the problem, Mike. So let me uh, let me ask you, kind of, for my audience, what like what are the the main pain points that you see streamers have, and what advice do you have for them to get over those? I always tell new streamers to be prepared to stream to an audience of nobody for some time, and that is okay. A lot of streamers, a lot of people just just don't seem to understand that anything you want to do requires hard work day in and day out, even when you don't want to. And hard work doesn't have to be work you don't enjoy. If you want to stream, awesome. Start doing it now. Start doing it to an audience nobody. Be okay with nobody listening to you. You will find ways to grow your audience, put yourself from the right people, and when you have a small community, that community will grow itself to some degree. There are other ways you want to help it out, but your audience will want to help grow, help grow you because they like you. Okay. Stream to an audience nobody and be consistent. Beautiful. A couple of Casey's um, networks, network friends and streamers have told her they want to quit because like the, the some people in their communities, some people in their networks have quit or stopped helping them, help providing to them and that's upsetting. Uh, it sucks when you build and make friends and you lose friends. And my advice is do it because you want to do it. Do it consistently and do not stop doing it. Okay. So this show is all about the nuts and bolts of what people can do. And you said you know, a few seconds ago that you'll find ways to grow your following. You'll find ways to get more viewers. What, what ways should people be considering? I, I want I, like, what exactly should people be doing? When you build a community, build a community of people that you can get along with. Don't, don't build it around people. Don't pander for the sake of numbers. Never, ever pander for the sake of numbers. There are plenty of groups out there on Facebook. There are share groups. There are Twitch groups. A lot of them are saturated with follow for follow, and, but there are always a good few that want to build communities. Find communities. Find other people who are like you and connect with them. And give them something of value. If you want to make friends, take interest in others. Streamer, my plan of attack is always two things when it comes to anything that requires independent community. Build your following, leverage your following. The first thing is to build a community of people that you get along with. Even if it's five, six, seven people. Those five, six, seven people are going to eventually talk about you to four or five other people. 
individually. And then you'll have 20, 30, 40 people who know your name. And then out of those, 10 of them are going to become followers. One of them will become your super fan who will do everything and anything. They will follow every stream. They'll follow every podcast. They will be your biggest fan. They'll be your vocal fan. Half of my clients all share one super fan. His name's Alvin. He is in all their streams at all times, talking about constantly. And he has all the time in the world just to be their best friend and like biggest follower. That's wonderful. Okay. But, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I, I could talk about this all the time. I'm trying to keep my answers as short and sweet and as starting point as possible. And I want as much advice as I possibly can get out of you for my audience. So if you got more to give, uh, okay. I'll keep rambling. I'm really good at that. Make friends with your audience. Make friends start there. Don't get too personal. Don't expect the world out of them and never ever expect anything out of them. I recently saw an episode where somebody, uh, a rather popular female streamer was demanding subscriptions and money out of her follower. Don't do that. Don't do that. Never do that. People will give to you because they like giving to you and they like you. The law of the buy-in dictates that when they buy into you, they'll buy into your vision. Provide something that people like, put all your heart and soul into it, provide it for little to no cost and put it out there. And then when you get a few people, talk to them. When you have one person after two months of streaming, one person in your stream, talk to them. Make it about them. Okay. You sit there, you play your video games, so a lot of streamers just talk over their video game like they're commentating, which is awesome. You do that when you have like 10,000 followers or you're making a video. But when you have like 20 people watching you, talk to them. Like imagine there's like 20 people sitting around you and you're playing video games. And you're talking to them while enjoying the game. It's okay to lose the game. It's okay to be bad at video games as a streamer. You can be bad at video games as a streamer. You can be bad at video games as a video game streamer because it is not just about the video game. It is about you and your audience. And so many people think they have to be a pro Call of Duty wizard master gamer to be good at video games. Half of my shtick when I play my little side character for my flagship client, as we call her, is being bad at video games. I freak out. I cry. I whine. I and moan. I play the... I literally play a minion character for the clueless starship captain and it's funny and it makes people laugh and they come back for that dynamic. They don't care for playing arc. They don't care for playing call of duty. We take the background of the video game and we make it a fun scenario to have fun. People are attracted to fun. When you try and make become like the next ninja where you're a pro whatever gamer, and it's set it around you, people become detached. That's when you get judgmental followers. That's when you get trolled. That's when you get people who spend hours of their life lamb, lamb blast, blasting the internet. But when you provide a place for, when you provide a place where everybody knows your name, like the TV show Cheers, a place where people can go to and feel like they have a home, they have friends, they have family, they will come back every time and they will give you the sun and the moon. Okay. Because they want to. Okay. That's fantastic advice. Thank you. Uh, there was a lot there. I'm trying to unravel it all myself. Um, isn't there a point though, where you, you kind of have to make a switch? Does like, like you said, the, the guys at the top, they have so many people that they can't talk to everybody. Obviously at the bottom end, you can like where, what happens in the middle though? Um, progression. 
that 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 is a shift that can only be solved in time and in that moment, and that's kind of where we come in. So, for example, there are people who can't figure that out. There are people who just don't. That doesn't register for them, but it registered for me and my team. So my team will be there to help those clients as they grow to that point. Because there will be a point where our clients can't. You can't have a conversation with all of them, and that's where we like. Okay, so just a heads up, person, you've reached a point where you won't be able to give everybody attention. This is where we start shifting. This is where like the bigger ones start doing giveaways and events and side things. And leveraging that audience to get bigger is key because that audience becomes a little more um, expirable, say. It becomes less personal because it's just hard to maintain. So that's when you have um, premium subscription accounts, Patreons, um, subscriptions on Twitch where they get a little more personal content. Uh, premium access to discords where they can actually talk the community off the air. There are ways to leverage, to leverage your audience in ways that they want. Once you provided a place and a thing where they can put their time and effort and they want to be a part of because they feel they're a part of it. Uh, that's when you start finding ways of making money. But again, to answer that question, that gets more like a phase two and phase three thing of, where we advise our client on what the next step is and how to handle that. Because so many people still don't know how to handle a troll. That's the big thing. <laughs> how do you handle a troll then? What do you do? Don't talk to them. Don't feed the you trolls. Do not feed the trolls. Never, ever, ever feed the troll. Ever. I don't care. So, okay. Angel paws. First things first. If and when you see her, the first thing that might come to mind is furry. Awesome. Here's stuff that I constantly tell her. If anybody asks you if you're a furry, don't answer that question. As you're not lawyer, don't answer that question. Don't say a word. And every time it comes up, I have to make sure I type, because we have a code phrase. We have an actual like emergency code phrase, Dingo H baby. And if the moderator tells types the chat, Dingo in my baby, that means look at your phone. Because I'm going to send you a message that's a priority emergency message. And it's usually to keep them from saying something silly. One of our clients loves to argue with trolls because he gets so many. He's pretty popular. He's a, he's a good, he, he does fall in one of those pro gamer stream um, categories. It's what he likes doing. Uh, Call of Duty is not a military shooter. It is a spectator sport game. It is like football. It is like soccer. It is like basketball. People play those games like athletes play sports. That's why esports is a thing. And um, athletes are great athletes, but they're rarely good spokespersons at first. Most athletes start at the age of like 18, 19. These are college kids. They're, they're big and pretty, and sometimes they don't know what to say in front of a crowd of 30, 40, 30 year old reporters who know how to tear them apart. So, when, say, one of my clients sees a troll, that's some 14 year old who's on the internet who's telling me he sucks at Fortnite. First thing he does is he engages them. Don't engage. Say nothing. You say nothing. If they keep going, kick them out. No ifs, ands, or buts. You can never, ever feed a troll. Beautiful. Because a troll is like a cat. When you feed it, it stays. Okay, oh, fantastic advice. Uh, let's pull back for a second. And I wanna talk about you a little bit more if I can. In fact, I'd like to humble you if possible. Absolutely. I'd like to ask you, you know, what is something that you have failed at? And you know, my goal in asking this question is to get everybody to understand that nobody is perfect, that we all have ups and downs in our lives. And it's just as important to understand the downs because we learn from them. So what, what's something you failed at? My failings are one of my favorite topics. 
to answer your question, I have failed at almost everything I've ever done in my entire life. <clears throat> and I am proud of that now because I am terrified of failure. Every time I failed, it was the end of the world. I have failed in my career in the military. I have been fired from almost every day job I've ever had except for three, including the one I'm at now as my side job. Uh, I have failed as a husband and a parent. I got married at a really young age because I was desperate and lonely and depressed. And in my brain, I thought that a marriage would, would, would fix me. And it didn't. Her and I were both two broken, desperate, lonely people, and clearly that didn't help. Her and I get along well now. We, we, we parent very well now. But to answer your question, I failed at almost everything I've done in my life. And because of that, I've had to come to terms with that failure. And because of that, I have learned the true value in failing forward. And that is one of the unique ways that I'm, I'm able in the gaming industry to help. Because fail states are bad. It's bad to die. It's bad to lose. I am the biggest sore loser ever. I'm the biggest sore winner ever. I was playing tennis on GTN Live with my best friend three days ago. She was on the air live, and I wouldn't shut the <laughs> shut up every time I lost. Excuse me. No need to worry. You've cursed a bunch in this. I'm going to have to bleep a lot. Have I? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. That's all right. <laughs> so, uh, I didn't even say more. But I failed at a lot of things, and I'm a true believer in failing forward in life. Okay. What is something that you're working to improve on in yourself? Oh, everything. Um, one of my biggest skill sets, I believe, is the way I can talk to people. That's kind of why I want to do a podcast. Is I, I'm a pretty good speaker. And when I was 17, I was a terrible speaker. I was in a speech and deba debate class. All women. All women, not one dude. And there is a queen bee in that group tall, attractive. Her name was Samantha. Uh, she had them. All these girls looked up to her like she was a goddess. I was a scared boy in the background. I had a terrible time talking from this group. I tried to do one debate and I panicked two seconds into it. I could not talk to anybody to save my life. And for the past decade, decade, my biggest skill set has been my ability to talk to people, but I still have a lot of things that I hung up, hang up on. You just called me out, and I'm so sorry. I truly am. We talked about this. I told myself it was a time for my cursing. But a habit from the military is that cursing is rarely a display of passion and more punctuation. Yes. I work with veterans. I understand. Yeah. It's just, it's just I just said, I just say curse words because they're in my brain, and they elude my excitement, my passion, and I didn't mean to, and I didn't even notice it until the last one, apparently. That's all good. That's what that's what a uh, post production is for, right? Well, yeah, I appreciate. I appreciate it. I'm just glad your your son's not in the background. I hope because that's what we talked about. My daughter's no, she's in that back room there. Good lord, my dumb. <laughs> okay, Mike. How do people find you? Where are you at on social media? What are your handles? Uh, Facebook, um, Michael Alexander Roderick on Facebook. I more than encourage you to share me on Facebook. Uh, Mission Strike Entertainment on Facebook as well. I believe we're still working on Instagram, Twitter. Twitter. Uh, we are all over, just search Mission Strike Entertainment. Search all platforms, all major social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, Twitch, Twitter. Um, MissionStrikeEntertainment.com. Mission we have a website too, which I forget apparently. Uh, Angel Paws Gaming is our biggest streamer. I would love to get her more traction. Just getting, getting us more people will allow us to spread them out to them because the bottom line is we exist as a foundation platform to spread out the clients. 
When they grow, we grow. When we grow, they grow. Absolutely. Okay. On that note, is there anything else you want to talk about or anything I didn't ask you think we still need to cover? No, thank you. I think I've talked plenty today. <laughs> All right. Well, Michael Alexander Roderick, thank you so much for coming on today with us. Thank you for tolerating me. All right. All right. Please go back and watch this one again. Um, I'm going to stitch this one again. There's going to be a lot of editing on this one. <laughs> uh, we'll see how it will be a Frankenstein episode, but it's going to be all right. Um, this is a good one. I enjoyed it. So thank you, Mike. And gamerpreneurs, don't be just a gamer. Be a gamerpreneur. Hey, if you like this podcast, I'd love to invite you to check out a little bit more about me, Dr. Bradford Carlton, gamerpreneur. If you go to my website, www.thegamerpreneur.com slash bonus, I'm going to give you a free copy of my book, The Warcraft of Business, where I explain my history in both gaming and business and how I brought the two together in order to create some very successful companies and help a lot of people. And all you got to do is pay for shipping and processing, and I'll send you this book. I, I absolutely know you're going to love it. All right. You all take it easy.